0: hello and welcome to the 90s galore podcast everybody andy here and um i am back man i am excited to be back um it's been a difficult week yes you know with all the tragic events um but you know what uh we're we're here to to you know bounce back we're gonna be bounced back we're gonna be resilient and uh you know just in, in kobe bryant fashion we're gonna be uh, uh yeah, it's, it's the mom of mentality, right? Um, we're not gonna quit. We're gonna move on. We're gonna keep going, we're man. gonna keep going, just like Kobe would love. Kobe would love it. That's right. That's right, man. <laughs> he grew
1: up on this shit too. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh,
1: can I cuss? I don't know. No, Sorry, you're, you're fine. You know, okay, cool.
0: You're fine, man. Oh, just, just you know, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited, man. Tonight we have a very special guest, and like I mentioned before, uh, I think I was mentioning, um. Last week or so, um, this week has been a fog. So I, I might be wrong. Anyways, but uh, recently I've been I mentioned that uh, we were I was going to add a component to the '90s Goldberg podcast, and that was, uh, you know, we're gonna, um, yeah, we're gonna start, we're gonna bring in some, we're gonna bring guests in that, that have uh, unique, interesting jobs, entrepreneurs, uh, business owners. Um, just you know those individuals with with super cool jobs man so that that's um you know we're gonna do we're gonna be doing that so tonight is the first night that we're um we're we're gonna have a guest with a uh cool and interesting job man so (laughs) um and so i'm like i said i'm excited um mr aaron birch how are you Doing good. How about yourself? Good man. Good man. I, I want to thank you for providing the digs. You know? <laughs> you know, this is nice, man. We're we're in a p- podcast studio here, and, uh, and that I, you know, by the way, yeah, that, that's uh, another reason why I'm super excited. The I mean, first time I'm doing this in a, in a studio, and uh, so it's very cool. I want to thank you, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, you're welcome anytime. Yeah, glad good. it's getting used. We like. Uh, like the studio here. And this is our, this is the
0: first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see? Inaugur-
1: inaugural podcast.
0: The inaugural podcast. We're, we're breaking this thing in, man. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. We're going to, uh, christen it. So, man, uh, so yeah, thanks a lot, man. And, and, uh, um, so I also want to thank you, uh, those who, um, Thank you, listeners, Uh, those who you've been following us on Instagram and have subscribed, uh, much love, much love to everybody. But uh, Aaron, man, uh, you know, we're going to talk about this band man but you know this band this album
1: yeah let's do it
0: but before we do that man um you know i want to uh get a little bit more of your background bro and, and sure. tell us what you're you know uh, what you do and and uh businesses that you're involved with and um uh, yeah man so yeah what how did you get into music man first of all
1: um a lot of it was the uh, the band that we we're going to talk about, and uh, going through that scene in the '90s. <clears throat> um, I was in a band called uh, the Gary Coleman Fan Club. In the, in the '90s, we were just like a teenage punk band, and uh, you know that went. Exactly as far as you'd think that band should go, which is nowhere with that kind of name.
0: And uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's uh what you talking about, Willis, Gary Coleman? Yeah, right? Gary Cole, yeah,
1: Coleman. Yeah. Arnold. Yeah, aka Arnold. Yeah, Arnold. But um so we did that band and um, and then uh, in uh, probably about two thousand and one or so, uh, we started working with this uh, bigger producer, uh, Ron Harris, who okay. had just done the uh, Christina Aguilera
0: record. And what year is this about? I'm sorry.
1: This um this is probably 2001. Um, okay. At that okay. point. Um and then uh, yeah, Ron just was a, a big encouragement to us to like um, work on our sound and, and get a little more uh, simultaneously a little more indie but a little more aggressive. Okay. Uh, with everything and. Uh, and then that was a band called Aria Decline. Okay, which is like the whole story. I don't know.
0: And, and you're dr- on drums, right? I'm drumming, yeah, for okay. that band,
1: yeah. Um, and then, and that band, we had some some fun times. Put out a record with uh, Chuck Reed and Phil Caffle, who uh, are the guys that did uh, Tubac and No Doubt. So, oh, okay, okay. Oh, we were at the same time, uh, no doubt. They were kind of go back and forth between uh, between us and and that record. Um, and Jim Wirt helped us with that record. Um, okay, and that was actually that was a that was a fun record because um, um, we kind of achieved it in like a cool <laughs> way or whatever. That that doesn't happen quite so often anymore. But we we played a uh, a show with uh, a band called Something Corporate um <clears throat> and the lead singer of that band mm-hmm. uh, Andrew McMahon uh, became a friend and he he kind of hooked up that recording with those guys so that okay. was really cool it's just one thing led to another and, and it was good relationships and I still think you know very highly of all those people and love all their work
0: yeah that's great man so the way t- things uh, everything came together was, yeah was was interesting yeah
1: yeah and that but was it's... the early days of like um you know we we're on like pure volume myspace okay <clears throat> right right um so that was a that was a cool time because it was the first time really where you could kind of take control over um over your own publicity and your own marketing and uh <clears throat> we used that to kind of get on some little tours and tour around and that was a blast that's that, fun
0: that's great man that's great what, what um you said you played the drums. Hey, what kind of music were, were, you, um, were you guys playing?
1: Um,
0: you mentioned aggressive.
1: Yeah, was, no, it wasn't, I
0: wasn't. I didn't aggressive
1: wouldn't be the right word. At that time, it was um, like Modest Mouse, Death Cab for Cutie. Okay. We were huge fans of Sunny Day Real Estate. Uh, huge fans of. Um, all the stuff and all the stuff in the '90s and the, the grunge movement. And, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, Nirvana and Weezer and Allison James. Um, Allison Chains some yeah. Okay, um, and uh, then just uh, over the course of that whole like time, just deeper and deeper into the Beatles. <laughs> and, really? And, yeah, and then by the you know by the end of that that band's run, we were uh, we were just pretty heavily heavily Beatles. A, a lot of musicians, I think. Go through that phase, you know, it's like a Beatles thing, and then it just keeps going down. That right.
0: Road. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But um, exactly, man.
1: Yeah, that was that was really fun. And, um,
0: so that's yeah. when you, you in two thousand one. You that's when you got into music. I don't know. Did I?
1: I was in college in two thousand one, so uh, yeah, we're just trying to do the things you, you know. Your parents tell you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go to <Right>. college. <laughs> um, after right, that. Right. Uh, after that, I worked in the music industry for a little bit and continued that band and then the next band and I um and then probably about 2000 I don't know four I uh I just decided I had to you know just not have any other job but other than music and then take the chances whatever so I left a. Uh, a pretty good job <laughs> to go, you know, on the road uh-huh. and then we'd be done with the road and, and, uh, I had a degree from Pepperdine and I was working for like $7 an hour at a music shop in between tours <laughs> just to <laughs> <so>, like <laughs> make it happen. But I haven't looked back since, man. And, um, around that time, got into production and started doing, um, records. Um, oh, this is a cool nineties plug. So two people really, really helped with that, um, uh, the first the first is uh, the bass player for the Counting Crows uh, Matt Malley okay really took me under his wing wow um, man and really inspired me a lot so a lot, a lot of thanks to him Um, that was a <clears throat> a cool mentorship and uh, I was just some kid with you know I was like 22 23 <laughs> and uh, you know I was recording in my parents like spare bedroom and he came and played bass on my first record just to help me out
0: that's cool man yeah like, that's great yeah yeah that's <laughs> great Well, yeah, it's cool how everything evolved, man, for you. And uh, what what was that job? You said you left the job, a pretty good job?
1: Um, Yeah, I was working for uh, Music Resources uh, for part of it. And that was like sample clearance for like... um, it was just legal work but uh, uh, that was that, uh, was that and yeah. you know little jobs after that in between but yeah, yeah. what's your degree in I'm sorry uh, communications oh okay yeah, yeah. oh yeah right. we
0: went to Pepperdine we got the same degree man at yeah. different schools oh, really? yeah oh, that's cool I got a yeah. nice I got a degree in communications man and uh yeah yeah I, that's cool I, I don't know how much that means but oh <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean anything man <laughs> 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 oh well you know what I mean yeah it's um but that's pretty cool, man. So to, for you to, man, it's interesting to see how, uh, how far you've come, man. Yeah. Cause from 2001 to, to the present, you know, you got your studio, you got your business, you got a lot of things going on, man. And, um, that's pretty cool, man. That's impressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. No, of course, man. Of course. And, um, so, so I, I wanted to talk about those little business ventures you got, man. Sure. Um, well, not. I, sorry, I didn't mean to call them little.
1: Yeah, no.
0: No, no. It's um. So you, I know you got like a little school of rock type of thing. Yeah. Or, so are,
1: are, we um, it's about it's about 13, 14 years ago now. We started a uh, music school called oh. uh, Rock and Roll High.
0: Wow, well, four, 14 years already.
1: Yeah. It's 2000, uh, 2004, So yeah, I guess it's sixteen years. Okay. Well, <laughs> sixteen oh. years ago. Um. Yeah, I did that for, um, you know, up until recently, and then recently we've been, uh, uh, that's at the point where we can have uh, other people, like, kind of run it, and I I step in and oversee it. Um,
0: Oh, okay. There's a a
1: couple big events every year that I'm pretty hands-on with. Uh, We do this event for... uh, the uh, indigenous uh, people here in Southern California. Um, I'm pretty involved in, in that one. That one I feel really good about.
0: What's that one what to call? I'm sorry?
1: Um, we do we do like a music program for uh, one of the indigenous tribes here oh, in, oh, nice. in California. So, um, Yeah, and, and from Rock and Roll High, we also started a, uh, a line of guitars uh, called The Volt. Okay. kids guitar it's for sale in schools and for sale in you know shops and stuff like that um and that was that was a good <laughs> that was a really good run you know i i really um i right. i enjoyed i enjoyed it i love being like a still a part of it when i when i have to be or need to be but the last couple years um you know just uh kind of getting this studio at this place and um uh, I've, I've partnered up with uh, a just fantastic engineer named uh, Austin Aspinunda. He um, he did the uh, some of the work on the War on Drugs record, which um, he got a Grammy for that. And um, a Grammy, and his, his work is just like fantastic. And so the two of us have uh, teamed up recently to uh, start working with bands, and um, and that's been the focus for the last like year and a half. Is just uh, my. My uh, my work with him and my work with uh, really it's uh, (laughs) it's kind of crazy that a lot of the people I'm working with now were in Rock and Roll High when they were like you know eight or ten years old, Uh and so now there's there's a lot of people in their twenties and thirties that are doing some. Incredible music, incredible content, wow. and uh, so I've I've been fortunate enough to like team up with with some of them for uh, the kind of stuff we're doing. So it's it's kind of a interesting full circle kind of situation,
0: right? Yeah, very cool, man. A cool And uh, how many students do you have in, in that school in that music school? How many
1: There's, went through it, or how many how <laughs> oh, many man.
0: do you have right now currently? Um,
1: so it's just. Uh, that thing is just like um the summer camps at, oh, okay program so we probably have like <clears throat> like 50 kids or so in any given summer um which means you know there's been uh, a lot of kids that have gone through it uh-huh. um we also do some band development here at the studio that uh, i'm involved in um and that's that's pretty cool too
0: yeah that's awesome man and any um you know, big names uh you know that have you have have come through your, your uh, classes yeah
1: well when they were they were younger but um yeah so our our kids have gone on to um young blood okay uh the bad sons honey um i believe fleet foxes and uh Man, if I'm missing it, if, any, if, if people are hearing this and I'm I'm leaving your band out, I'm really sorry. Please I didn't mean hit, to put you on the spot, man. Up. No, please hit uh, me up because I, I find out new things. I didn't know about the Youngblood thing until until recently, but um, right. yeah, it's it's pretty cool to like you know watch your kids on Fallon, and they're like 30 now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Um,
1: the Sheds, that was another cool band. Sheds uh, that came something. through, and yeah, it was it was. It was a great chapter, for sure.
0: Very cool, man. Very cool. Fleet Foxes, who would that be uh, from that band that came through? I've seen, I love Fleet Foxes, man. That's what I'm asking.
1: Yeah. um, Dude, I'm trying to blank. I can't
0: remember. (laughs) No worries, man. No worries. No, it's, uh, you know, I'm sure you've got a lot of, you know, students coming through, man. Yeah. You know, throughout the years, 13, 14 years. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. A lot of those people grow up. (laughs) All of them grow up. Right, right.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah and uh so what what was um what are some of your influences man when you when you play music uh or just in general man what you know well music musical influences yeah, yeah.
1: um that should be a really simple question honestly <laughs> it just it's just it's it changes every couple of years it's it's crazy i mean um
0: <clears throat> what inspired I, you to get into music
1: uh nirvana uh, for uh, sure.
0: And, okay, and, um, and Weezer, you at mentioned? At that
1: time, is was a teenager. Weezer, for sure, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nirvana and <clears throat> um, huh, Michael Jackson when I was a kid. I mean, looking back, uh, Michael Jackson was just huge. And in the, in the sonic, <clears throat> production-wise, wow, Michael Jackson is still the thing that I I probably listened to that from that time period the, the most, just because um, everything Quincy Jones did, with that is just fantastic. Oh man! I actually got to intern with um, with his company, Quincy Jones, after after college. I was oh like, yeah,
0: you mentioned so that, that to was, me before. Yeah, that no. was
1: that was a cool. It was an honor to like. That's right. You know, just uh, <laughs> no. That
0: that's a man. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, just just those records. Um, yeah, man, that's incredible, man. Some of my favorite stuff. Yeah.
0: So were you were you that uh, musician that I mean when he when you were little and you were a kid. Uh, you know, you already had a passion for music You already had that You already loved music uh, Or playing, inst- playing music Or, yeah. you know, in general, yeah I mean, were you that kid that just You kind of knew you, you were going to be a musician then Or, you know or Did you already start playing back then?
1: I wasn't really, no, right. to be honest I mean, I, I played I took, like, piano lessons when I was a kid And, and my dad is a, a composer So I, I kind of, like, stayed away from the whole thing It wasn't until I was, um, I was like 18, 19, I started playing with like a band. And, uh, once I had that experience, you know, like the shows and,
0: uh,
1: you know, people liking your music and, and that whole thing, I was, I was just hooked. And from that point, you know, probably 19 years old, like I, there's nothing, I've never even had the thought of, um... No, I man. I'm doing anything else. Everybody has a thought, but I just I can't see myself doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything
0: else? Well, you know, it's cool. That's interesting that you went to uh, Pepperdine, man. You got yeah. that degree. You know, um, you know, it's it's cool, man. It's it's, it's impressive. You know, it's a uh, even though you, you you knew you were kind of gonna go this route over here, you know, and. Um, you know, you still went and got, you, you, were commit, you committed yourself and you got the degree. Eh, it's, you know, it's, 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 not everybody has one, man, you know. Yeah. And it's it's challenging, so, you know, uh, that's cool. That's pretty cool, though, man, you know. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, you know, um, what, what about, so how many, you played in, uh, how many bands exactly? Or what do you think?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, I... Uh yeah, I was I was sort of in one band that kept changing their name from like 98 to oh. maybe 2008 or so. Okay, okay. Um, that band ended up being called The Good Cheer and uh we got to work with uh, uh, Rob Shirelli on um on our last record which was a, a great honor. Rob's just fantastic. Um then I played with um Jeff Monroe in the Gunslingers and that was okay. cool cuz um
0: that sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, uh, Jeff's a great guy. his his uh, His whole career has been really cool since since then. Um, Blake Mills would sit in with that band sometimes. So who's that? If, I, if I've ever been close to greatness, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blake Mills is a guitar player who. Okay. Um, he did really well. He played with Weezer actually. I think on a couple of records. Um wow. And. Uh, Went on to produce uh, Alabama Shakes, and uh, yeah, if, if you're not familiar with his work, it, it's fantastic. He's he's great. Um, yeah, and then since that time, just just production and you know very, working with bands.
0: Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, you have any uh, solo artists that you deal with, or uh,
1: yeah, uh, you know?
0: always working with uh, different solo
1: artists. Solo artists, solo artists are mm-hmm. uh, are. Um, that's it. I kind of like solo artists, uh, these days over bands, it, really? you can kind of dig in. I mean, it's, it's changed a lot. It used to be the, the thing is to bring a band into the studio and capture that like band sound, um, which is a great thing and it, it never should be discounted. Um, but there is something else now of, uh, of just having a, a project, um, you know, logical Pro Tools or Ableton, whatever you're, whatever you're in, mm. and then just working that until is just incredible. And um, I think Tame and Paula was a, a game changer for a lot of us on that Currents record because um, it isn't the sound of of what you get when you when you play together, mm. which is its own great thing. It's the sound of of just keep you know have the right, the right people coming by the studio. And, uh, it's kind of like, you know, what, what can you do? And then you listen to that for a little bit and, and you play with it and you see where it fits. Um, Cause when you get when you get that level of control over a record, it's it's really fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Jeez, really fun, man. and you can keep you can keep going over the the same ground and just make it better and better and better. Right, um, we're doing that right now with this record, um, and uh, you know I don't even think all the guys have met each other, but everybody's great, you know, and uh, and. And it just it keeps getting better. So it's it's different ways of doing yeah, records, for sure. Um, that all that all come about, but
0: yeah, man, man. I'd, I'd love to come in on a session one day, man. Just yeah, man. <laughs> see how it goes down, man. I'm serious. That would be, yeah. you know, that'd be super cool, man. Any big stages? You, um, I mean, any notable any notable stages, stages. Aaron, that you've uh, oh, played? Do you do the whiskey circuit at all um, down there with the Roxy on Sunset, Sunset yeah. Strip?
1: I mean, I... I've I haven't been in the like live game in in a little bit, but right. yeah, we would do um, Back then. the whiskey. The, the mm. I've played all those: the whiskey, the Roxy, the key, okay, the Key Club when it was that oh, the Key uh, the Club, coconut oh. teaser when it was that. If anybody remembers that. Um, that, what's the other one? Viper Room. Viper Room is my favorite down there,
0: man. Is it The right?
1: sound there is like incredible. Um, <clears throat> we used to play in this place called the Unknown Theater, and. Uh, that was a really cool era. There was this place in Hollywood um that was a like a theater for plays and um on the weekends they would <clears throat> instead of the set they would have bands like set up in the middle of whatever the set was for the play. So it looked wow. really fucking cool.
0: <laughs>
1: um, That's cool, yeah, man. But uh then that whole group of people there was some there was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah man that's uh any big uh concerts back in the day you did any uh festivals or anything like that uh or- no i mean well we opened for
1: we did some um like Switchfoot foot it uh, was, oh, yeah. was a pretty
0: big christian are they christian they were, band yeah, yeah
1: yeah that was a big opening slot and that was fun oh wow, that's cool we did um A Dashboard Confessional was another (laughs) kind of like one of the bigger shows and then we would do um, um, every time we played the Cannon Club in Agora there, there, there would be like there was a couple of bands there and we ended up drawing like you know, like a thousand people or whatever. So those were fun. Those yeah. were fun nights. You know, good sized crowd and, and it's a small space too. So a thousand people in a small space is is yeah. fun. You know, the
0: Canyon Canyon Club, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agora. Yeah. yeah, I've been over there, man. Um, quick, yeah, real quick. I, I saw. Uh, are you familiar with John B? John r and B R&B artists. No. Oh, cool uh, yeah. Anyways, just, just saw down. the only time I've been to the candy club. Yeah. Anyways, just a little, you know, side sidebar there. That's cool. You know, side note but but yeah, man. I like
1: the L Ray too. It's okay. I don't know if that place is even still there. down. uh I think they probably are, but that stage was man, that whole room. Uh I really like for Los Angeles the the L ray and the um, Viper room were the most fun.
0: The L ray, man. Yeah. Uh funny story there, man. I I used to do um Concert security, concert security. Okay. uh, uh, The only time I've been at Al Ray was working that job, you know, doing uh, concert security. Um, I saw uh, a couple of bands there, man. Um, Most notably, uh, do you remember a a band called, um, they used to have this whole. it was like this whole gimmick, man. People would show up with, um, like, costumes on. Huh. Um, oh, I, wanna, I And I don't remember that. Shame on me. I don't remember the name of the band. But, um, yeah, they'd show up with, like, um, they dress like uh, aqua, uh, aqua. Oh, the
1: Aquabats. The Aqu- Aquabats. Is that it?
0: Thank you. Dude, I love that band. Thank you. That is, <laughs> that's awesome, man. You got that.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, Travis, Travis Barker was in that band, I think for um when they first came out he, uh, or, yeah like first or second record charles Barker was in the band really before blink 182 okay um but yeah yeah, yeah. they were a cool
0: band. that's funny man yeah they have this whole thing <laughs> i was tripping out on that and this was this was in 2002 man <laughs> yeah 2002 i can pinpoint that you know exactly when and um very interesting yeah the Wilton, i we, i did i worked at the wiltern i worked at uh okay. you know the bigger venues too the anaheim uh, arena you know with the pond back then it was called the Pond, you know yeah you know um but uh but i used have seen shows in all those venues man you know just yeah. in general you know the whiskey the roxy never been to the viper room but uh yeah that's that's pretty cool man yeah. those those are those are legendary yeah. stages man and,
1: yeah i mean know. that's one nice thing about um you know, being in a band in, in L. A. is that uh, you, you get to play the stages. You know, you, you have access to that. Right? You have access to them, and um, and they're they're fun rooms. They're really fun.
0: <clears throat> Definitely. Any any favorites though? Like any favorite venues that there, or like you mentioned? Um, the sound in uh, the Outray, right? The, the, no Viper room. Yeah. Was,
1: well, there's there's like sound on stage, and then there's there's sound in the audience. Some, okay. Some, some places. Um, and the better the sound is on stage, the more you're going to get out of the band. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Right. Um, and just like being on tour each night, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, and, um, but yeah, for us, uh, yeah, definitely the Viper Room was like my favorite on stage sound. It's just, it's so clear and it was so warm and rich. Um, the o Ray too did a did a great job with sound. It's it's hard because, um, cause you you've got like a weird shaped room, and then you've got to somehow get a mix to the band that is uh, is you know yeah. It's got to be better than what the audience
0: is hearing. Okay. Um, so, of course, of course, right? Yeah,
1: some of those rooms are just legendary for that.
0: Wow, man, that's that's cool, man. What do you think of um, the Palladium? Have you ever? Uh, what do you think of that?
1: I don't have. I haven't played there. Um, you never played. But um, yeah, I, I haven't been there too often uh,
0: to really. Yeah. Think about what. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I saw speaking with Palladium. I saw Fleet Foxes, by the way. There, oh, okay, right? cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, um, well, that's cool, man. That's cool. Although, you know, you got a lot going on, man. You know, like when this is a cool area too, right here, man. You, you're close to the beach. I mean, you can't ask for more, Aaron. I yeah, mean, this
1: this <laughs> this spot, man. It's, I mean, we lucked out. So, um, I'm I'm teaming up with a, a studio called Lion City, and um, so I I kind of like. Uh, Work with them on on some recordings, and then I have my own you know recordings that we, that we do out of the same space. But it's it's a whole collaborative effort between Line City. Um, we're here with uh, Parsons Guitars, and uh, Ool, Ool Guitars is right up the street, and we're all kind of teaming up on on a lot of these things together. So it's it's fun to be around other people, part of a team, you know.
0: Of course, man, um, yeah. after
1: so many years of just doing it by yourself, like it's yeah, it's, it's time to. to to do all that so
0: for fun. sure no 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 that's uh that's great man I, and i'm still like tripping out that there's a guitar studio in this bu- uh not of a guitar factory in this in this building man and yeah he's you know that's pretty cool man they, they, so they go and they go to shows and stuff expos and stuff and, and they sell these guitars
1: um randy kind of has a um it's called parsons guitars and uh he, uh, I don't think he does trade shows anymore. He might have, like, back in the day, but um, yeah, I mean, he's he's like a legend. <laughs> and wow, beautiful girls make these guitars, that and is... um, and uh, they're doing a show like at the Bellagio. Okay, coming up. you mentioned and, uh, that it's, it's just real high end um, work, and gosh, uh, he's also the guy in it. If you've seen the movie, it might get loud. Uh, he's he's the guy who kind of is the luthier in that in that movie with uh, Jack White and Jimmy Page and the edge so he's uh, a yeah, he's a legend man that's great man <laughs> he's
0: great R- Randy what's his last name Randy Parsons Randy Parsons Parsons guitars Wow, man. I stepped into like a gold mine. I didn't, <laughs> didn't realize that was where I was. <laughs> you know, man. And uh yeah, cuz this whole area though, man, like the um, downtown Ventura or not is it downtown? Yeah, Considered downtown. downtown? Ventura, yeah. Man. Yeah, man. You got main street here and the um, the beach is right down the street and you know, cuz I I love go I love the beach, man, and living in um Seamy, you know. Yeah. Um I forget, man. Uh how close I am to the beach you know you know because <laughs> yeah. I grew up I grew up in Rancho Cucamonga Inland Empire okay so the beach is yeah, yeah. always an hour away yeah yeah yeah. hour bro now you're so, close man yeah you're you know and I, and I I need to take advantage of that yeah I need to take advantage of you know geez man so but yeah Aaron that's uh very cool man and you know so we're here together, man. Mm-hmm. We, we want to talk about uh, 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 a very unique album. Yep. Uh, Pinkerton. Let's just get down to it, man. Yeah, Pinkerton, man. right? And Pinkerton. Uh, yeah, and I remember you. Uh, uh, I asked you, you know, hey, what, what would you like to maybe profile? And um, right away, man, you said let's let's do Pinkerton. And uh, yeah. well, I think we brainstorm a little bit briefly. And then you said uh, Pinkerton. I said, "Man, that sounds like something cool, man. Let, let, you know, that's something I'm not very familiar with, and that's something I need to learn. <laughs> so, I, so let me do some research, man. And you know, so I jumped on it. I think that was a great suggestion, man.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it could just be my own little world, and that that's what that's what I liked, and that's what my friends are into. But um, it seems it, a lot of times, a you know, a band will start a scene like you that will grow. You'll have one, you have one pivotal band that, um, that causes a thing to happen. You know, like Nirvana just caused a whole thing to happen. NWA It was already happening, but it caused this whole tidal wave of things. Pinkerton is, um, it's like a record like that caused a thing to happen. Like it had nothing to do with the rest of Weezer's catalog. Mm. It just, it fell in at the perfect moment and, um, <clears throat> it inspired really a whole, a whole scene of, of music and, um, uh, just, just from that one, that one record. So I think in that way it's a it's a little different. Um, For sure. And then, just as a producer, sonically, if, you, if you've seen like um, Sound City, uh, Dave Grohl's movie, um, it, 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 Pinkerton is really tied into that rich history of of that of that board at Sound City and the Neve sound. Um, so, like Fleetwood Mac and Rumors and okay. Rage Against the Machine, and, um, I think a lot of Johnny Cash's stuff. Like all of that is that same, that same kind of. Uh, neve board rock sound okay um sound city and, uh, studios sound city studios yeah
0: wow which yeah. Uh,
1: you know uh, when you have like a one piece of gear like that and you, you start to recognize the way things sound through that gear um so that same board was uh rumors um and uh and pinkerton and uh just a lot of great. Right. <laughs> this is some of the greatest drum tones and all that, from um,
0: that. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, and I think we were talking about this earlier. The the contrast between the blue album, mm-hmm. their, their debut album, yeah, and Pinkerton, man. It's it's like night and day, right? It's yeah. just, uh, uh, yeah. You, you know, they went kind of. Uh, I mean, they just hit the. You know, they went mainstream right away. You yeah. know, because of, and arguably, and I think Rivers Cuomo will admit that uh, the videos had a huge influence, right? The Buddy Shit. Holly, the the, the video, um, you know, that that was very uh, pivotal. You know, instrumental in, in their their success. Which well, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, but but the point being that. Uh, you know, I think, uh, and I think from what I've gathered, it, it seemed like he was, uh, um, his intention was to be taking, uh, he wanted to make a musical album. He wanted to display his, his true art, you know, his true, uh, not him, I should, uh, yeah, Rivers Cuomo, obviously he's part of the band, but I think he, you know, he we can call him the leader of the band, right? Sure, yeah. sure. And so I, I think he, his idea or his conceptually going into it, he, you uh, you know he wanted to he wanted to be artistic and kind of shy away from what the blue Al- album did right i think yeah. you know something along those lines
1: yeah i mean um i mean i've never been in the position of of not knowing what to do with the you know 15000 000- no, fifteen million records that just sold. <laughs> and I had to follow it up. Um, but, um, <laughs>
0: oh, that's good, man.
1: I have I have been in the decision of um, being a being a musician at a uh, sort of more prestigious school and and uh, going through the process of uh, of uh, you know knowing you know fighting your inner demons as you're working your way through music. And and sort of realizing like, you know, this academic life is not is not gonna hold up eventually for uh my own mental picture. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I hear you man and I, I I think that's in that record and it's in that's what Rivers was going through at that time. Um and it's just the the self discovery and the, the angst that you feel when you're that age. I just you know, I really related to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and the lyrics are just phenomenal,
0: for sure, man. Um,
1: and the vocal sound, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of uh, of harmony and uh, and stacking vocals and, and different ways of getting uh, different vocals into the mic. So, I mean, you got like Beatles sounds, you got Beach Boys sounds, you've got uh, right, you got like the way Fleetwood Mac does it, you've got the way Queen did it. Um, all the way up to, um, you know, more mo- modern artists like, uh, I mean, the way Billie Eilish is, is stacking and, and doing different re- recording techniques with her voice. I mean, her voice changes every like four bars. Wow. <laughs> and it's all intentional and it's all great. But um, but Weezer doing it all around kind of like uh, live, you know, with, with uh, multiple mics set up. I don't think they were in the same mic, but um, just the. All together, facing each other, uh, mics is um, there's there's a particular character that comes out of that style of recording that I that I really like. And and it's it, got Pinkerton all over it. Yeah.
0: Oh, so, and you were saying that was part of the influence, right? Uh, that uh, the pioneering type of uh, thing they did, right? That type of recording that the, with the vocals and everything. Yeah, there, yeah, there
1: just were... that that style of um. um putting something it's just a real it's like a band sound you know you get this heavy crunchy great drum tone that's like on the verge of breaking apart it's pretty much distorted the whole time Mm. Um, very cool and then when you get to the the latter stages and you're you're putting in uh, you know vocals on the track or whatever to also do that um collaboratively it just makes the whole record feel uh Way more like a group of of people trying to express something. And it's a cool sound.
0: For sure. Oh wow, man! So technically, I mean, it sounds like they're just on point, right? I mean,
1: yeah, every, everything about that record has a way of like breaking every rule and then following the next rule at the same time. So,
0: wow, <laughs> it's like yeah.
1: it's like too distorted for its own good, but then they use that uh, to their advantage later in the process. It's it's a beautiful record, it's innovative, fantastic. man. It's yeah. That's
0: yeah. That's pretty cool, man. To get that perspective, man. It was released on September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six. Aaron, mm-hmm. where were you at,
1: bro? I think I was. I think I remember specifically being like on a on like a church retreat, from like a teenage, like youth group, and then my buddy went in and bought the. Like album, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, cool! We got to listen to it." And I, I listened to it, and it didn't sound like the Blue album. And I was like, "This sucks! Like, I hate that." So my
0: first impression
1: was it was it was dumb. And you I didn't, didn't like it. it? No, I hate oh, it. Oh, the
0: Blue album, sorry.
1: No, 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 I hated Pinkerton when I first heard it.
0: Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh, like, really? I,
1: yeah, I didn't like it at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Were you? Was it because they was still so so different from Blue album, or what was it that you didn't like? I mean, it just didn't. You just didn't like the way. It, it sounded obviously, but it just didn't um, resonate right away with you.
1: Yeah, I think I just made that that classic uh, mistake of of it not being what I expected, and so I thought it wasn't good. You know, and, and that gotcha. Yeah, that, that happens so many times. But it wasn't until um, it wasn't until a little bit later when um, I went back and listened to it um, with a without the the expectation that I just listened to it on its own merit and man.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> oh, I loved it then. <laughs> it, yeah, man, that, that's cool because yeah. the first time I heard this album was uh, recently, you know, yeah, preparing for this, this uh, episode and um, yeah, right away it hit me. I was like, this is, I was totally expecting something different, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, based on the blue album mm-hmm. and, uh, it just uh it was just yeah you know yeah uh but but yeah it was definitely um interesting obviously definitely grew on me though man every every time i listened to it uh the the next time i listened to it it was just keep you know i was like wow yeah this is yeah this is really good man this is good stuff and like you mentioned the vocals um um they're you know they they harmonize uh Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah and the yeah, the vocals are just... Uh, but you know what, though, Aaron, too, uh, when I heard the album, when I heard the vocals, some of the vocals I hear in... And if I'm not mistaken, I hear there's the similarity in the vocals. Uh, multiple voices going off, uh, well, yeah. choruses and stuff. Uh, harmonies that I heard in the Blue album. Uh, yeah. Some, am I correct in that assessment?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're kind of doing one of my favorite... <laughs> tricks in, uh, in in music which is to take um you take a really simple classic great idea this is what nirvana nirvana was like so fantastic is if you just took the distortion away from nirvana it would just sound like any other pop group from oh. the 60s they weren't they weren't doing um They didn't, they didn't go in by saying like, let's write the most angsty thing we can. They Uh wrote the best thing they could. And then, then they gave it like a a style, you know? Um, So Pinkerton is great because um, it doesn't need any of that distortion to hold up. It doesn't need to be angsty. The songs, like if it came out as a folk album, it would, it would be great. But they They did it because that was their, that was their style, but it's, it's, it's all driven by the song and, and, um, it's like so song driven. And then that allows you to get really creative in the studio with, um, with whatever the style is, you know, if it's, um, in in this case, like, you know, super gritty and heavy and, Uh um, you know forty five million guitars stacked you know distortion <laughs> pedals going into distortion pedals and
0: this right. is great <laughs> right right man yeah no that's that's awesome man i like yeah. i love that perspective man i a technical you know someone that knows what they're talking about you know <laughs> um about the technicalities but uh yeah man it was uh produced by weezer you know and yeah. uh recorded at, like you mentioned sound city studios also at um an electric lady
1: yeah electric lady um York, yeah, i've never New been to electric lady You've never um, been there no i really want to go um i know uh i know War on drugs just um was, was doing some some stuff with them and um uh, i have a friend of mine who's, who's working on that record but a lot of it was done at electric lady so it's, it's cool that uh um
0: yeah, yeah. Well no, that's. I, is Sound City
1: still exist? Um. So this is really cool. I I haven't talked to him in a minute, but um, um my understanding is that Blake Mills bought that studio. Uh, he was the guitar player I mentioned earlier. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah. It's my understanding that 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 studio is is now owned by Blake and a couple other guys, and oh. um, it's still there.
0: Wow. Oh okay, yeah, man. I, I I've uh, it's a legendary studio, man. I mean, oh. huh. But it's uh, right, obviously, you know. Uh, uh, but it's not recently. It's not. It's not in operation or currently in operation. Is that?
1: Um, I I know that. Um, I mean, I, I guess I don't know the up to minute details, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it a group of people in. Uh, in including Blake are, are, trying to buy it. Yeah. So that's, that's the last that I heard.
0: I see. Yeah. I see. I, I don't know. I read somewhere that it was, um, but yeah, it was an operating or, I, you know, uh, or, you know, um, I, I looked up uh, Sound City Studios, man, and just saw the you know, who's recorded what there and yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just incredible, it's man. It's incredible list, yeah. Yeah, man, you know. Yeah. But uh, but Weezer, man, you know, I I read that uh Rivers Cuomo was he's actually attending Harvard when he wrote a lot of the songs for uh, Pinkerton and and recorded, you know, um so he would attend and go to classes and then they kind of recorded the album in um you know fre- you know segments like I guess break or something like yeah. That. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. you know um so that I thought that was kind of interesting man you know he's going to Harvard yeah you know and uh after he he you know had like you know a platinum album yeah you know in in the blue album yeah you know he probably had a little cash to do that you know so <laughs> but that, that that's pretty cool you know yeah I,
1: it's it that whole time of
0: life, I mean, you're trying to
1: figure out yeah. <laughs> what you're gonna do. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know,
0: he went went back to school, and
1: yeah, I mean, chances are for anybody, even if you have a huge album, that <laughs> that your next album is gonna fail, which Pinkard kind kind of did. So, I mean, right, you know, I think he was uh, I think he was trying to hedge his bets there, but. um yeah, man. I mean, Weezer certainly secured their place in history. Right, right, but right. But they, they needed other jobs. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. You know, and yeah, they, you know, they, they they took a break from uh touring Weezer did um during the Christmas holidays and that's when uh so Cuomo went back to his home state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. You know, um after, you know, kind of uh the dust settled on uh on the Blue Record. Yeah. The Blue Record. You know everybody kind of went home you know in the um yeah he went back to connecticut prepared for this next album with an eight track recorder apparently is what i read mm. you know so uh what's what the significance behind that aaron if with an eight track recorder is it was just a simple uh, recorder
1: dude. yeah no eight tracks are great um first record we did on an 8 track i think we have a four track in the other room um so yeah it used to be <laughs> the The constraint of eight tracks is is significant, and we, I think we had a um, sixteen tracks at one point because yeah. you combine like two eight tracks. You know, if you have a time clock or whatever. Uh uh-huh. Um, but the it's it's cool to limit yourself to that because you have to be more creative and innovative with what you've got. You know, you don't have four hundred tracks in a session. Oh, okay. I, I mean, now it's it's a little too easy. You know, I mean, we'll do like. We'll do you know nine different bass drums and seven snares and well, <laughs> to, get, to get whatever sound we're after yeah. um but um but back then you you were you were limited and said if you have eight tracks then um you know drums are typically gonna be at least four so where do you go from there
0: right um, very cool man yeah that's uh so you you said you had a four track back there man yeah yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, it's on like cassette tape, like four track. Wow, that's not what they're <laughs> talking about. The eight track, but um, yeah, those those, they, that's how we used to have like home recorders. Um, okay, you know, before right, right, right interfaces. Right. It was a cassette tape, and it would have uh, you have you have two tracks, or you, you have four tracks on a tape. You have two going forward, two going backwards. Right? Okay, right. But you can put this little like sticker or something on it like that. And uh, it's, been, it's been it's been like 20 years since I've done this. But it allows you to record over all four tracks on the tape at, oh, at the same time. Very cool. Uh, and this was like a little thing you'd buy at like, Guitar Center or something like that.
0: Oh, I see, I and, see. Um,
1: and, and people are still making really cool records on it. It's its, its own style. Um, this guy... Um, Christian Bernard, uh, his band is uh, called Parking Lot, and I uh, worked with him recently. And he he's like all four track, and uh, it's a cool sound. It's really? it's really cool. It's just got this lo-fi, great kind of kind of thing going on.
0: Very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah, I, um, you know it's funny how uh, going back to Weezer, man. Uh, uh, Rivers Rivers' idea was uh, an original. The original idea for the album yeah, yeah. was uh, a science fiction rock album, right, called, uh, wanted to call it Songs from the Black Hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, that whole thing got scratched, right? They After, I guess, he was home from, uh, then he, he went, he was home in March of 95, he had surgery. Yeah. Uh, I guess he was born with his, uh, kind of, uh, his one of his legs was shorter than the other. Yeah. Uh, right? And he had surgery to lengthen the leg. Yeah. So he was uh, home a lot, you know, doing physiotherapy and everything, and and, and so I guess apparently I think it, it somehow it affected uh, his psyche, you know, while he was writing.
1: And, yeah.
0: Um, so he abandoned that idea, man. Mm. I don't know if you if you knew that uh, the whole idea he scratched that idea, and then um, he was listening to. Um, you know, he was on painkillers. He was walking with a cane, and yeah. during that time, and he listened to apparently he would listen to Giacomo's Giacomo Puccini's 1904 opera, uh, Madame Madame Butterfly. Madame Butterfly, Butterfly yeah. right? Yeah, based on uh, John Luther Long's short story, Madame Butterfly, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they adapted that. I um, thought, thought that was pretty cool, man. The early yeah. 1900s, they're adapting, you know, American, you know, uh, literature or plays. Or short story, right? Based on John Luther Long, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was interesting. And uh, his short story uh, obviously was, was um, he was from Hanover, Pennsylvania. Hmm. Cool. And uh, writer and a lawyer, you know, and his story was based on his story, you know, was based on the recollections of his sister, uh, Jenny Corral, who, who had been to Japan with her husband. And he was a Methodist missionary, and uh, so you know that's um, that's a pretty cool little story, man. It was you know, the, the Pinkerton's an actual character, yeah. of that story, Madame Butterfly, right? Pf, uh, Bf Pinkerton, to be exact, huh. exact, right? And uh, apparently, he was a Navy sailor, uh, American sailor, and uh, so that's where he got the name Pinkerton from, you know. Um, so you know i think um so for you know i think obviously he was a a little you know he was different his 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 songwriting changed right his style or what he wanted to talk about yeah. i think changed after all this um Listening to that album, you know, every day or the the opera and being in a certain, you know, his, he was, um, immobile. He couldn't walk, you know, he was in a cane. You know, he's pissed off, you know, he's, you know, on
1: painkillers, the whole, yeah,
0: painkillers, you know, and he's, you know, we've been, um, you know, I've been immobile, you know, it sucks. You know, you're sitting there and you're just in a whole different state of mind.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting too that, um, you know, there, there was one story that, um, that it kind of came from you know to to sit there and think of a narrative um, and uh, and and just think about that story um, I think is a great starting place for an album especially like a concept album and um, you know I like that Pinkerton isn't a narrative album it's not telling you a story like Mm -hmm. I think David Bazan has some great albums that just tell you a story you know Pedro Lai and stuff like that but um and and uh, there's other like concept records but uh, Pinkerton is a concept record in that he was he's thinking about the emotions of the characters and then just kind of you know he might have some more grand narrative in his head but but to me at least what i hear is just uh what those people were thinking in relation to, to what he's feeling um i think it's a great it's a great inspiration it's a great like constraint i think a lot of times, um, the thing we need most as musicians is some constraining factor.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> like it's going to be about this, and it doesn't need to be about that. Okay. And uh, I think that kind of that provided um, provided him uh, some structure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. That's uh, you know, that's that's I like that insight, man. Um, I think he and something I mentioned earlier, man. With this particular album, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he was offered a video treatment by director Spike Jones, who had directed yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Buddy Holly and, and Undone, the Sweater Song. Yeah. From... Uh,
1: Phenomenal videos. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Incredible.
0: Like groundbreaking.
1: Like, the Sweater Song, uh, I think they, like, that's the, they did, like, some speed trick where they had it twice as fast. They played through the song twice as fast. And then the video that you see is a video at, at the, the film is running at half speed, um, wow. which which makes it look kind of like dreamy and like goofy, like the Sweater Song, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it has yeah. a cool look.
0: Wow. Um, Very cool.
1: Which, by the way, like, I don't know if I can go on a, I'll make this tangent short. <laughs> but, uh, that concept in, uh, in recording something at a different speed <clears throat> than it's intended to be. Yeah is something um, we've been really experimenting a lot with lately, um, in both ways. So sometimes if something's going to be at uh, like a 120 BPM, which is like a dance speed, um, uh-huh. to record that at 100 and then speed it up gives you this kind of – first of all, it makes it tighter because your mistakes are, you know, whatever that is, 15% less. But it also um, – it also just really changes the character of the sound in a cool way, um, and vice versa. To do something faster and uh-huh. then slow it down kind of gives you this heavier, um, just a heavier sense to everything. Wow! And um, that's something I've only been experimenting with this year, uh, and it's been really fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you, you just started doing that this year.
1: Yeah. With uh, another weird thing, Austin and I are trying production wise.
0: Yeah, <laughs> interesting, man. Interesting, oh. yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, he he was offered that video treatment. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry, back in the no, video. no, no. I, 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 just I took you down a weird rabbit hole. I Sorry. love that,
0: man. <laughs> that was a uh, sh- man. Nope. Rabbit holes are, are the best. <laughs> you, you know. Oh man, we gotta. Uh, the more perspectives are better, bro. Yeah. yeah. You know, um. So, well, the video. Yeah, no, no, he, he was offered that, that, that you know, by, and he, they turned it down. He turned it down, man, for, for the first single, El Scorcho. Mm. You know, and that's where, and I was kind of touching on this earlier, man, um, where I think uh, that was his, for me, for what I take from that, you know, he, you know again, he was trying to, uh, he was determined to be, you know, uh, have he wanted the album to be successful in its own merit, you know, not a yeah. video, not you know, because uh like we said earlier, man, yeah, you know, Buddy Holly had a, a huge part in their success and I think uh, I read somewhere where he um you know he he was uh he thought the he had he had issues with that, you know, kinda where with Buddy Holly? Yeah, where, yeah. where with the video, you know, and, yeah. and how it, it was just like this Whole thing with the video and the, the and they explain, yeah, they just freaking propelled them to, to, to superstar them you know, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, that video was was just very in, in, instrumental in that. And again, man, I just think that he was just set on you know, no, I'm I'm gonna, I don't want to go that route again. I'm this is gonna, this album is gonna stand on its own. Yeah, it's not gonna be some video. Or you know what? Maybe he was in a position where it, you know he was he reached a certain level of success. success. Mm-hmm that now he could just you know be that just he just be um explore that art you know that he be the artist you know just really take his time with the, with the paintbrush you know yeah and, and and create you know i don't know he was on a diff- it was just a different level
1: yeah no totally
0: i don't know if you follow me
1: yeah no that's um so, I...
0: you, you know so but uh, you know cause uh, yeah it's such a different sounding album so it's so much different than, than uh, the blue album and it's their sophomore effort um, you know so the expectations were you know a certain there were a certain expectation based on on the blue Based album, on right? Based success, yeah. yeah. Mean, uh, also at that point, you know, you are dealing with a you know a label that
1: uh, has a blue a blueprint, no pun intended. That have, <laughs> have something that works, so they want to do it again. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, and so they're trying to decide where they're going to put their marketing dollars, and um, you know, that's uh, for an artist to just just wanted to have it stand on the without the video, it's tough. Um, yeah, and. Uh, um, but th- that album definitely artistically, just, you know, definitely stands on its on its own, and, and um, for sure, it didn't need anything else.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Because it, it's interesting uh, how that the album now it's like it's considered like it is a, uh, it's such an influence, uh, uh, an important record. Yeah. I mean, it's on uh, it's on all time greatest lists. It's on uh, stuff like that. Yeah, critically, um, you know it got some really good ratings man i mean it's critically yeah know?
1: it's it's one of those albums that you can uh, really talk uh talk to musicians about you know like um mm. but the general public um it's it's not as you know people say weezer and they say you know island in the sun and um right you know hollywood and
0: Hash pipe, hash pipe, and, the
1: hash pipe. and yeah. then and then the the great songs on the Blue album for sure.
0: Right, right, uh, right.
1: But but uh, well, that album just kind of misses everyone's uh, <laughs> everyone's gaze. But musicians, you know, if you walk, if you if you're in a room with you know drummers in particular, yeah. like it's just it's a. There's something to it,
0: for sure, man. And you know, it, it, it debuted a nineteen, uh, number nineteen on the U.S. Billboard, man. Yeah. Man. And it's it's so you
1: when know, f- it probably fell like a rock from after yeah. that point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you, you know, he's but he'll say he was quoted uh, that it was a hideous record, you know, yeah, like, quote unquote. And, I
1: think he hated it because 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 uh, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No,
0: no, no, no. You know, he oh. he said that it's just that uh, quote unquote. It's it's not just that the world has said Pinkerton isn't worth the shit. but that the blue (laughs) album wasn't either it was a fluke it was the buddy holly video i'm a shitty songwriter quote unquote (laughs) so so they're right there you know that's another you know uh admission about buddy holly you know about the video and how yeah how the success was that was a huge part of the success but uh but it's it's got this cult following. Like you just ex- described it. You know, it's you know, musicians, real Weezer fans, hardcore musicians. They they know Pinkerton, man. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's been serv- It's certified platinum. Yeah, know? yeah. It is only
1: recently. I think it was like a couple years ago. Twenty sixteen. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Like, uh, what other record?
0: Um yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's it, funny, you know. 20 years after its release it, yeah, it became It's
1: like New Kids on the Block going <laughs> platinum right now. It's like <laughs>
0: Oh man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, man, it, uh, Rolling Stone gave it five five stars, you know. All Music five stars. Um, Entertainment Weekly uh A, they gave it a grade yeah. of a day. Um, so obviously, you know, again, critically it was um it you know it, it, it did well, man. It did well, and again, you know, the, the technically and all the the technical aspects of the album, yeah, it's you know, it's unbelievable, man. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, yeah. It, it What have you? Um, I mean, I'm sorry. What, what's your favorite al- um uh, song from the album, Aaron? Can you can you narrow it down? Oh, dude, I don't know. Um, well, the good life is
1: um. It's such a well written song, and the the groove on that is just incredible. Um, the groove is not what you think, the hi hats, I think, on the downbeat, and so it kind of throws you a little bit. And, Uh um, just big, big, big groove, groove wise, that's 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 the top. Um, but, um, across the sea, I, I just across the sea, I think, is um, uh. I guess there's some story about some girl that like wrote him from Japan, and he like fell in love with her yeah. through the letter or whatever. Yes, it's yes. Just, just, this great hopeless romantic story, um, <laughs> just he crafts beautifully into a song. But the the guitar parts in that um, there's this section where um, it was the bridge, and uh, the guitar parts just function really. They're they're uh, single note guitar parts at a, at a time and so um, it almost sounds like a string section like it's arranged more on a like you would violins and has this da 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 and it does that three times and it uh, changes key a couple times and then it brings you back slower with a, a, a retardando into a, a final chorus gotcha you You just don't hear that stuff happen anymore on <laughs> a <laughs> <laughs> recording you know wow um, and that that to me for that to be like in the middle of a, a rock song and a successful album um that level of artistry is uh yeah. it's pretty
0: awesome wow man yeah. yeah the more you talk about it man the more you describe this album <laughs> like just the technical aspects of it yeah like the more i just want to go you know i'm gonna go listen to it tonight man i'm gonna yeah, go do back it. and do it. yeah i'm yeah. gonna remember everything man and you know just look for this and look for those um those vocals you were talking about earlier and you know, just look, look for those, uh, nuances, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a fun thing about production is you start to hear, um, you start to hear the different styles of gear, you know? So like, like I talked about the Neve board for, for that record, that's a gritty sound. It's like, it's like heavy rock and roll. Um, Okay, and then you have, um, you yeah, have other records that just sound differently because the gear is different the techniques were different but if you start to listen for those techniques and even just as a you know a listener uh, of music you can you can really start to pick that apart and say like oh this sounds like that this sounds like that and um, yeah Okay. They borrowed a lot from Nirvana, I think. Wow. On that and just the heavy hitting, like let's—I'm um, pretty sure Nevermind is the same board. Wow, um, really? it, um, yeah, or, or similar style. Mm. But um, that kind of that sound, like, um, was so influential at that at that time, that mid '90s. For sure, thing. man. Thing and then yeah. it got overtaken by, um, you know, cleaner gear. But. Um, uh, it's a special thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, man. The Knee Board, is, is, it's still, uh, I'm sure, is, is dude, it still commonly
1: Yeah, there's one here used? in uh, Ventura. Um, I did a record on it uh, for a band called Sir Please uh, two years ago. Um, and that band uh, is doing really well. But yeah, they're still around. And um, we use, uh, we use, you know, digital replications of them, which are getting better and better. For but, sure, uh, There is a, a real neve board here in Ventura at um, a studio called mega sound M- Yeah, yeah. A guy named uh, Sam owns it, and uh, he's he's an awesome dude, man. He's he's a character. He like bought this thing and like put it together himself. Jeez, man. <laughs> he's gosh. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds. Yeah,
0: that's impressive, man. Yeah. That's impressive, and uh, the artwork for the the album, man. You know, it's yeah. Cool. There is something crazy about that. I don't know anything about who did the art, but do you know who did it? It was uh, the artist, uh, Japanese artist, man. Okay, cool. Hi- Hiroshige is um, it's from his a series he calls the 53, fifty three fifty oh Oh my goodness, fifty three stations of of the Tokaido. Oh wow! Hmm. Yeah. So in the um, it's uh, Kambara. Kambara you uh, the night snow at Kambara is uh, what it was, it's called man. So, mm. um, yeah, it's a pretty cool little. It's an interesting. Uh, they modified. If you look at the cover of the, um, obviously you know for the audience you know, when you look at the cover of uh, the album cover, right? It's uh, they modified the sky or the background mm-hmm. to be black, and uh, in the in the in the uh, painting. In the artwork it's uh, the background is like a grayish um, you know I don't know white gray uh, background so that's I thought that it was pretty cool and they added because like a starry effect on the uh, in in the sky you yeah know? so so they modified it a little bit man I just I thought that was pretty interesting you know when I first saw that album cover I was like wondering what is that man you know where, where did you get that from or what is that from yeah. Uh, and, and, and obviously, again, when you look at the Blue Album's art cover, <laughs> uh, album cover, it's, uh, you know, you got four guys standing in front of a blue background, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's one, like, huge, and, and a lot of, um, they use that same format, I think, for the Red Album, for the Green Album. Yeah. I mean, it's just different exactly. things where it's like, yeah, you know, that's the formula, but this record, Pinkerton, um, that album just looks so good. and. You know, you don't know what that little village is that they got in the yeah. snow. Yeah. You know who are those people? I mean, there's there's a lot of just question to it. You know, but it also looks kind of dreamy and otherworldly. Yes. Um, it looks like a a place where where that story would happen, and uh, yeah, there's just something
0: for sure. Man.
1: The artwork for sure is is part of what's captivating about it.
0: Yeah. Thank you for describing that the way I, I wanted to, man. I just, yeah. Yes, you know. <laughs> yeah you nailed it man and the first the first uh album or i'm sorry the first single el scorcho yeah. uh released on uh, in september ninety six a little bit of before a few days before they before released the record yeah. before the record yeah uh but that's an interesting uh, song man el scorcho uh, and the title itself is just uh you know unique right El Scorcho. Is it? Yeah, I don't. Know, is it Spanish?
1: Yeah, it, it, I don't think it means Al. anything. The word yeah. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The- it's just, we know it's Spanish, <laughs> but you know what the hell is this Scorcho? Um, yeah, I, I think.
0: But you know, when I first when I first heard this album, uh huh. And I, I, I said, I, I saw El Scorcho right away. I thought Dal Taco. Yeah. Right? I, I, they have the hot sauce, <laughs> yeah. but it's actually not El Scorcho. It's Dal Scorcho, yeah, ac- Scorcho, the actual hot sauce, yeah. man. You know, so, uh, you know, um, so I, I, very interesting, man. It's very interesting how, again, man, you know, that, I think just that theme, that motif, that, that, um, uh, that artistic motif that, uh, you know, the uh, you know the difference between the, the album is just uh, between uh, the blue album and this is just um, up and down you see it up and down the record throughout Yeah, you know and uh, but uh, the good and then they came out with The Good Life and Pink Triangle those uh, those are the, the sub- subsequent singles to yeah. All Scorcho.
1: I just think subject matter there's just nothing that the radio could handle about I mean The Good Life Maybe, but like <laughs> Yeah. I, they did Pink Triangle as a single? Like Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that ever on the radio. No, <laughs> like, no. It's no. just like Never. it's way too uh Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just too far afield for for the radio. But but it's the perfect song for how a teenager feels. I mean, it's it's exactly how they feel, you know. Yeah. So there's there's uh, I think it really resonated it resonated with me, and I think it resonated with a lot of people. Definitely,
0: man. Absolutely, man. It's uh, we could sit here all night, man, and just just talk <laughs> about you know. Pinkerton and and Weezer, man. I mean, shoot the 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 Blue album. That would be just endless, endless uh, rabbit holes and and tangents.
1: I'm happy to go down that rabbit hole too, you know, another night or whatever. Because I mean, the the Blue album is a phenomenal record for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, It's not. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's. uh, you know, it was successful for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just the video. Let's make that no, clear. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Again, it's the songs. I mean, if you have great songs, you can record them in a, a million different ways. And then it's just, it's all about that song. And um style and production. I mean, here I am, a producer. But it, it, yeah. 90% of the reason that something's good is because the song is right. Um, and the the whether or not it's a, a polka song or a heavy metal song that that's you know? ten percent yeah that's that's like icing on the cake, um, but Weezer is is uh, that particular record they just they put the perfect sauce on those songs
0: for sure man <laughs> the, the perfect El Scorcho huh?
1: yeah the perfect Del Scorcho
0: <laughs> oh man yeah yeah man it's uh. So Aaron, what, man, what, what's next for you, bro? What's um, what do you think's uh, what's on the horizon, man, for for Aaron Birch? Um, you know, professionally, business wise, um, yeah. What, what, you know, where do you where do you see yourself here in, in the near future? What's what's up next? Any projects, future projects coming up? I mean, what's what, what's up?
1: Yeah, I um, we've got a couple of things that are that are in the works. I'm really excited about. Um, I want to do. Uh, Another country record with uh, a project I, I call Aaron in and the Band One or Another. Uh, we just released a single that was that was pretty fun. Um, I, I've all last year that that's one thing. There's two more. Um, all, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, go we, ahead. Man. Uh, all last year, uh, a group of guys and I were recording instrumental. Uh, an instrumental album at uh, at a cabin up in Big Bear. I think you've like uh, yeah. possibly been there. I've been there. Yeah. But uh, so we would go up there. We went over like um, over the course of several weekends. We we took all combined gear from like several studios, and we'd go up on Friday and we'd set up a studio, wow. and we record until uh, you know Monday or Tuesday, and then come back. And That's we did cool. that. Three times, and over the course of that, uh, we we wrote and recorded a, a really cool instrumental concept album. Um, that's gonna be coming out uh, like pretty soon here, so I'm excited about that. How many songs? Um, I think there's six on it. Okay, and, all right. Um, it's it's all instrumental. Oh. It's all just really atmospheric, kind of uh, Pink Floydy jammy type of
0: stuff. Let me know, man. When you guys. Yeah. get can cop a, a copy of them. Yeah, Shoot. absolutely. Very um, cool, man.
1: And then working with a, with a kind of a 80s sound right now with a band, kind of like, a, you know, lots of vocals, like um, some Juno keyboards and um, stuff like that. So hopefully that'll
0: be... Awesome, man. Good when it's done. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it will, man. Oh. There's no doubt, man. And, and then you got your, um, you know, your... Relationship with uh, Lion City and
1: yeah, yeah, you know, some great records coming out of Lion City. That's um, great. Man. There's a yeah, there's, yeah. yeah, some it,
0: good good stuff. Awesome, man. Yeah, man. I, you know, and it, so I, you know. I appreciate you coming and talk about Pinkerton, man.
1: Oh, dude, yeah, taking the
0: time, of course. You know, I know you're a busy man, and uh, yeah, I'm finally we, we, you know, I'm glad we finally got to uh, make this come to fruition. Yeah, you know, and uh, I was excited, man. I I was, yeah, I was a little nervous, and but uh, you know. but definitely excited looking forward to it anticipating the the the, the, the christening i didn't know we were going to christen it man uh, yeah uh, the, the, <laughs> the podcast, room the, here, podcast the, room the studio man yeah you know yeah. so it's been yeah man i appreciate uh you know the hospitality and uh we got to do this again man you're, you're man, welcome let's on, do it here.
1: again like uh i enjoy talking about this stuff and uh i i um yeah and just talking about music is great
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> let's, right. let's do it
1: let's do it for another record <laughs>
0: definitely man definitely yeah. we'll, we'll come back we'll do we'll regroup and uh reconvene right um but yeah thanks again man and of course man. um so ladies and gentlemen i want to thank you for tuning in tonight um here with Aaron myself um, 90s galore podcast uh, before I go I wanted to re uh, remind you that we have the the giveaway the gift card giveaway um, on on Instagram we, we need five more people we got five now and remember all you got to do is um, you got to tag me uh, when you I'm sorry you two things two things uh, post when you post uh, with uh, give me a request, a request for uh, someone you'd like to see us profile an artist. Uh, it could be an artist, solo artist, band, movie, uh, television show of any uh, any genre, uh, any era. They want to be 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. I know it's called 90s galore, yeah, but um, you know, we uh, that's why we have the wild card episode. That's uh, we can and we make our own rules here, damn it. So, um, so do that, drop me, drop me that, uh, request and then tag two friends on Instagram. Okay. Two friends that I'm not already following or following me, by the way. Uh, and then, uh, you qualify for the drawing for the giveaway. So again, I need five more people. So, um, post at uh, at, at, uh, Instagram at 90s galore at @90, nine zero, I'm sorry, at uh, nine zero S underscore galore. All right, and then uh, Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Nineties Galore. Uh, Apple Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Do me that favor. Subscribe. Leave me a um, a review. Give me five stars, man. Right? Give me five stars. Do it. Yeah, right, Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, subscribe. Like. You know. And, and re- again, write a review, leave me a voice message, and then um, maybe we'll put it on the uh, air. We'll show you some love on the, on the on the next podcast, on the next episode for ne- next week. So um, go ahead and do that, okay? But I want to thank everybody in Germany, uh, the UK, Australia, Mexico, Peru, Canada, wherever you're listening. Um, of course, Japan, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, You know, wherever you're listening, we love you, we care, we we thank you uh, for tuning in. And um, until next week, we will um, be looking forward to it. And always remember to take it easy.